Hey. hey! Welcome to the Island Shuffle. My name is Bean Levier. My name is James Brown. This is the podcast where we watch Lost out of order, in order determined completely randomly. And not only is this that podcast, but guess what today is? What is today, Bean? Today is day one of the NBA final. Hey! Give it up for Mr. Curry. Let's bounce that ball. Bounce that ball. Kevin? LeBron, do your best, boys. I think that's a slam dunk. I think it's a home donkey. And here's the thing. I bring this up because uh, I was reading an article on disgraced former GM of the Sixers, Sam Hinkie. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of this fellow. R.I.P. R.I.P. He is dead to the Sixers, at least. Uh, he spent several years doing a brutal Scorcher-style takedown of the or teardown of the Sixers roster. Where, like, you know, people, like, tank for draft picks all the time, but this was, like, an unprecedented level of trading away talent just to have young draft picks, and it basically meant that the Sixers were garbage for years and years and years. Very, very bad team. Very, very bad team. I know very little about basketball, but I do know they were a bad team. And it's uh, Sam Hinkie's fault. And, uh... He, believe, he was a firm believer in what he was doing, and it may pay off dividends. Anyways, I don't want to... This isn't a basketball podcast, <laughs> I guess. Um, but the, I bring him up because there's this profile of him that they did last year in Sports Illustrated, and I was skimming through it, and I wanted you to read this direct quote from former GM of the Sixers and believer in the process, Sam Hinkie. Sam Hinkie says, Why do we watch basketball games front to back? Why not watch games back to front or out of order? Oh my god! Yeah, and I read no. and I read that, and I was like, that classic Hinky, what a character! And then I was like, oh fuck, that's literally our oh, fucking that's podcast. What we're doing. We are of a kin with this fucking loser who ruined a team, or maybe he made him great now, but we'll we don't know yet. That's really funny. I love that. So we could call this the process. Yeah, this is the Trust this, the process. This is the process of. Uh, of podcasts about TV shows. It could possibly be the proper way to watch Lost. Yeah, I think that's what we're on our path to discovering. Uh, This week we watched, uh, thankfully not another season six episode. Thankfully not an episode adjacent to the previous episode. (laughs) But we did dip back into season two, episode 21 this time, titled simply, Question Mark. And to clarify, it's just the punctuation mark of a question mark. It's not spelled out question mark, it's just, huh? It's not like a Radio Free Roscoe question mark. No, unfortunately it's not like uh It's not uh, I'm question mark and I'm wondering. Uh, what do you think of this week's episode of Lost? What's the deal with high school? Um, <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought it was a fine episode. I thought it was sort of slow. I mean, it was, it's weird because it was, mm-hmm. there was, it was actually, I guess, quite a bit of action. Mm-hmm. I mean, a bunch of people got shot. Yeah. No, that was in the last episode. Yeah, that was like the previous scene. Okay. That this was, episode was... takes place immediately after the shocking deaths of Anna Lucia and Libby mm-hmm. at the hands of Michael. Uh, mm-hmm. Which was a big like, oh my god, what the fuck, what the hecky? I guess yeah, I it felt slow to me though for some reason. Mm. I guess there was a lot of mystery result around the question mark, yeah. which sort of was was very vague, and I mm-hmm. sort of, the question mark was just a weird symbol that I couldn't really connect to. I found yeah. it didn't really have the strength of the first season two episode, mm. which. Uh, I mean, but I guess any episode about Sawyer I am bound yeah. to love. Yeah, you're bound to love that that ra- that raggedy-ass con man. 
He's always pulling his long cons and stealing his guns. By the way, the guns come up in this episode. The so guns do come up in this episode. You know what else comes up in this episode? What? The heroin. Yeah, the heroin comes up. Someone mm. does a little heroin. Someone does a little heroin. And you know what else it does come up in this episode? Broad themes of uh, faith. Which, yeah, uh, I was whenever I whenever I saw that I was like, holy shit! Did yeah. they plant the seed like the, all these years ago? And the answer is no. They've just always been fucking around with faith and decided to make it a real guy yeah. instead of just an idea. Yeah, exactly. Decided that this is what it was gonna be. Yeah. Jesus Christ! No, watching season two again just sort of reiterates how fucked up season six is. Yeah, and it's, it's like. They made the island into something completely different than mm-hmm. it wasn't before, and it's like mm-hmm. the season two representation of the island, like doesn't really mm-hmm. match up with what they say the island is later. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what do you say we start, as we always do, from the tippy top of the episode? Mm-hmm. Now, what the heck is the first uh, scene of this episode? I believe it is uh, Echo having a spooky, trippy dream. Yeah. Uh, Mister Echo's there chopping some wood. He goes over and he sees Anna Lucia. They have a chat. He's like, I'm building a church because I'm a guy. And because that's what else are you going to do when you're bored ass on the island? You build a, build some shit, I guess. A goddamn church. Mm-hmm. And then Anna Lucia is like, this is a dream. I'm dead already. And then suddenly uh, uh, Echo's down in the hatch where the button is. And he, uh, he sees... having a snooze. Uh, sorry? He was having a snooze. He was having a deep snooze. And then he... So he had a dream. So he had a dream. I would, I do want to bring up just specifically, that reminded me, in that dream, like, mm-hmm. um, Anna Lucia looks fine, and then yeah. a second later, she's like, I've been shot, and yeah. then she has, like, wounds from being shot, mm-hmm. but they did that thing that every movie does, where she mm-hmm. got shot in the stomach, but her mouth is just gushing blood, and mm-hmm. I just don't know how that happens. And later, there's also another character who had also been shot in the stomach, who coughs up a furious amount of Cough blood. Ups, coughs up so much blood. And I mean, I would like to see someone get shot in the stomach to see yeah. if the mess blood thing happens, yeah, is that because a, it seems weird to me. Yeah, is that a real thing? We're gonna have to... Uh, I might have to shoot you in the stomach just yeah, to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's I for think, the podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's for science. We have a lot of fans, and they're yeah, wondering... They're wondering, yeah. they're wondering how accurate Lost is depicting uh, internal bullet wounds. <laughs> The answer is probably completely mm-hmm. accurate. Probably completely this accurate. This show just doesn't like, fuck around. Yeah, it's really well thought out. Mm-hmm. It's from from point A to point B. Everything about the show is air tight. Uh, just kidding. Hoo-ha. <laughs> <laughs> we That's a little joke. A little joke. We like to joke. We love to laugh here. Uh, we're nothing but a couple of pranksters. <laughs> uh, anyways, in Echo's dream, he sees his dead brother, and his dead brother says. Go to John Locke and ask him about the question mark. He'll know what it means. You guys have work to do. Ooh, spooky. Later. And also in the dream, like, there's a bunch of question marks everywhere. They go to the, like, keyboard that they're inputting uh, the buttons, yeah. and it's all question marks instead of a QWERTY keyboard, and the timer is all question marks, and it's like, this is fucking trippy, dude. That was a little on the nose yeah. for me. I thought that was sort of, uh, sort of killed the illusion. Lost always kind of, like, goes for it with dream sequences. Yeah. They're just like... This is our opportunity to just not be subtle at all. Yeah, just, exactly. Yeah, we finally, we can finally do it. We can finally shed pretense of reality and the just go back The entirely question marks was, like, so fucking dumb. Yeah. I think, actually, what they should have done is when the, like, 
the I guess the theme or the opening of the show mm-hmm. is just the shitty letters floating through black. Mm-hmm. They should have replaced it with four questions. Oh, that would have been a good move. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, the it's worth addressing that the title sequence of Lost, which is just the text lost in a boring font floating towards the camera blurrily. It's like five seconds long. And it sucks. <laughs> it fucking sucks. It's, it's not good. really, really bad. I remember back at the time being like, this is spooky. And now I'm like, I can do that in a second yeah. on like Adobe Premiere or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, uh, what was, what was uh, the other thing I wanted to say? Oh, just that they should have, as a great little joke from mm-hmm. the producers of Lost, mm-hmm. I think it would have been fun if for this episode they... For the subtitles track, they made it entirely question marks. Oh, that would have been good, except that every except that all the deaf people wouldn't be able to watch this episode. They'd be mad, but you know, like it's it's a good joke. It's a good joke for sure. <laughs> I feel like you could tell deaf people like, "Hey, it's a good joke," and they'd be like, "Yeah, oh. well, it is a good joke." You're right. <laughs> I trust the show. They know what they're <laughs> they doing. They know what they're doing. <laughs> um, so. This episode kind of all revolves around uh, Mr. Echo, uh, who's a character who mostly only exists for season two, as do the two characters who are shot and die in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're part of the tail section of the plane, quote-unquote, and I think I mentioned them briefly in the last season two episode we touched, but they're basically a group of characters that, uh, when the plane broke apart in midair, uh, their section of the plane got tossed way off, and everybody was just like, there's no way they could have survived. Guess what? Start of season two. Turns out they're there. A lot of them survived. A lot of them survived, and they made their way to here. They survived the plane crash, but you know what? They can't survive life on the island. They can't survive life. They all die all the time. They actually all, every single one of them, with one exception, every single one of them uh, dies very easily. Dies in (laughs) that. It really sucks how they did that, and they just like no regard for like. Yeah. Probability or just like the fact that maybe the people that weren't the original gang yeah, that, we, maybe, that maybe, we got. Yeah, maybe they can become part of the cast. And no, it's just like, like, and like, like Lost was one of the first shows that I remember where it felt like anyone can die. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But then like when they kill these characters that they just introduced at the start of the season, it feels like fucking who cares yeah, yeah like yeah. I haven't gone... you, you really know that they're not gonna kill like a mm-hmm. fucking mm-hmm. Jack Kate Locke well I guess they eventually do but they bring him back so yeah exactly I don't think it counts yeah. if you bring the character back after exactly. you kill them if you, you still have kill them yeah if the cast member's still getting paid I don't think it quite counts <laughs> um but uh yeah it's 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 frustrating and it makes me like and, like, Mr. Echo, for example, dies shortly into season three. Uh-huh. So we spend a lot of time with him, and he's a fucking actually like, cool character. I like Mr. Echo he's a lot. I like him well, more than a lot of, like, mm-hmm. kill Charlie. Yeah. Kill Charlie, keep Mr. Echo around. Ooh, yeah. I mean, they do kill Charlie. Good. <laughs> um, I think, though, like, with the tail section, mm-hmm. like, I... I think it is fair that if you get to board first, mm-hmm. you die first. That, you know, <laughs> that's uh, that's fair, except that usually the people who board first are, like, the first class types up in front. Mm. So... Yeah, I, 
I guess. I don't know what kind of planes you're driving in. But... <laughs> I'm driving in a little rinky-dink plane that takes me to St. John and that I can see the pilot through. That's the kind of planes I'm flying through. How many? Are there like two seats on either aisle or one seat uh, on either aisle? Two if I'm lucky, yeah, usually, sometimes, just one. I love the one and it's, it's so fucking loud. It's unbelievably loud. You cannot hear yourself think and you can see the pilot and he does, he just gets up and talks to you. Uh, he just like shouts back and he's like, hey, uh, we're coming into St. John now. I love that shit. It's like a bus. It's so bananas. <laughs> it's so buck wild. It's such a like visceral, like, I'm not on like nice planes. Like, you know, they get the nice planes when you're flying to Toronto or uh, wherever else you fly. I don't really fly much. Um, but like, yeah, it's a real stark contrast when you fly into any maritime airport for sure. I think it would be great if they, if they took those planes and then like sort of they went with my really great bus idea that I just finished so they like put the bars so people can stand yeah. in the aisles and you don't buy seats you buy a ticket to the yeah. plane and they say there's 20 seats they sell yeah. 30 tickets yeah. and like you gotta give your seat up for an old person. Yeah, exactly. And then the seats are arranged in a wacky way, and the plane kind of twists. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Some seats are like facing the walls and mm-hmm. shit. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't think that would exactly solve the overbooking problem that happened. Hey. Hey. hey, hey, hey! Shout out to that. Hey, shout out to dating ourselves in early 2017. I saw a WestJet commercial just yep. to keep the plane banter going. Sure. I saw a WestJet commercial. And it, it was bragging, like, we never overbook our flights. And it's like, cool, that wasn't, the problem was more that they assaulted a dude. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like you can just push the, we will never assault you angle. Yeah. And that works really well. Yeah, that'll, that'll do me. It's like, oh, you won't violate my basic human rights? I'll, <laughs> I guess I'll settle for that. We won't drag you kicking and streaming, like, yeah. through a crowd full of strangers after you give us several hundred dollars. Yeah, man. Boy, let's hear it for late stage capitalism my boys that would have been fucked though to be that fucking like staff member yeah. you gotta go sit down in that seat afterwards and I'm yeah, sure they didn't ask the, for that to happen yeah I am definitely wondering how the rest of that flight went because I feel like not very good <laughs> no. I feel like that's not a fun flight like please enjoy ride. the onboard entertainment yeah and, like, fucking, but watch, maybe. Them, watch them lost exactly get lost in some lost that's yeah. a bad plane Entertainment. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> revolves around a plane crash. Hope you're not in the tail section. Yeah, jeez. Oh boy. Um. So, the non-echo related plot is kind of everybody like, uh, po- post Michael shooting Anna and Libby, he bursts out of the hatch and goes, "Guy got assaulted. The guy we were keeping prisoner got out. I don't know." Bah! And. Uh, they go, they see the scene, they see Anna Lucia's body, they see Libby's body, they're cleaning up the mess, and suddenly Libby coughs up blood, and Michael's like, oh shit. I, sh- I just realized that there was... So later later in the episode, there's like, in Echo's backstory, there's the idea of someone coming back from the dead, and that's what yes. happened with Libby as well. So that's True. some good writing. That is actually pretty good writing. Recurring themes. They definitely do... Um, and then Locke they, comes yeah. back from the dead yeah. in season six. Yeah, they definitely handle the idea of faith better when it's an abstract thing and not a person. 
Um, Absolutely, yeah. And uh, and even then, they're not handling it that great. They're pretty on the nose with it, but it's still like more well executed than it ought to be. <laughs> um, it's really weird to be back here and just be like, oh, Lost was actually a good show. Yeah, Lost was alright sometimes. Sometimes Lost was alright. Um, <laughs> so, in those scenes, there's a lot of, you know, your classic... Uh, uh, Kate, Jack's pissed at Sawyer. Kate's sad. Everyone, nobody knows what to do. Michael doesn't want to get found out. This is like your classic island dynamics. Yeah, you know, pretty uh, run of the mill stuff. But I kind of want to spend a little more time diving in on uh, the Echo and Locke stuff because that's the real fucking meat and potatoes of yeah, this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Echo uh, shows up on the scene and is like, "Hey, I'll, uh, so the perpetrators must not have gotten far, right? I'll go help him out." You and me, John, let's go. And John's on crutches, and John's like, I don't know. And he's like, no, come on, we gotta do it. Uh, and then later, shortly after they leave, they reveal, like, we're not going to do that. We're going to find the question mark. We're going to follow my dream that I had. <laughs> Which, <laughs> who gives a fuck about the man that yeah. just killed two of our people and shot another one? Yeah, Echo, hey, I know you're trying to, like, purvey a message of faith here, but also, you definitely did lie to everybody about what you're doing and where you're going, and people's lives are on the line. <laughs> I love how Locke doesn't care at all, though. Locke is like, mm-hmm. Locke is first, he's pissed because he's like, I'm not going to tell you about the question mark, yeah. even though it's a stupid fucking thing. And yeah. like, it, it's meaningless to yeah. everyone, and yeah. like, Locke, I don't know why he's so shitty about stuff. Yeah, like Locke that. is just grumpy. He's, he's a bad dude. Oh, I know why Locke is fucking grumpy. Um, in the previous, in the previously on, uh, the prisoner his they were, got, sorry, his legs got crushed. Yeah, his legs got crushed by a big old blast door, and he asked the prisoner they were holding to go push the button for him, uh, because it was ticking down. Oh yeah. And when Buddy comes back, he says, "I didn't push the button. Nothing happened." And so Locke's like. I guess this whole button that I've had faith in is a whole scam. But you know what? Everybody, everybody listening, don't worry. Mm-hmm. He did push the button. He did push the button. It was a, The prisoner was lying. Uh, the button is, in fact, uh, the audience doesn't know this yet. The audience does not yet know the, sig- the button as a significant thing, but I know because I've seen it, and you know because you've seen it, but the button does do a thing if you don't push it. I uh, I guess this is where they're really testing the audience's face exactly. in the button. A really, a exactly. really incredible thing for a show mm-hmm. to do. How much mm-hmm. does the audience believe in the mm-hmm. button? Um, so Locke pulls out this map that he scribbled that he very briefly saw for a split second while he was crushed that had a big question mark in the middle. And that's the question mark that he's referring to. And he says, here, this is it. This is, I don't know what this is. I saw it once. It's nothing. It ain't nothing. And Echo's like, uh, this is a map, right? Let's, this is your hatch, this is, let's follow it. And, uh, their dynamic is very much, Echo's like, we gotta follow this, and Locke is like, go, I don't know. Um, which is, uh, interesting, for sure. Um, uh, <laughs> it's a very, uh, this is the, like, part of the show where Locke has a crisis of faith. Locke usually spends most of the show being like, I believe in the island steadfastly. Mm-hmm. And this is his first time, I think only real time, as, as far as I know. Uh, a couple other times where his faith wavers, but this is the only time where he's like, I, where he really severely has an honest to goodness crisis of faith. He absolutely rejects the idea of destiny mm-hmm. altogether. Yeah, he sort does. of like his character trait before. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, 
He's a bit of a loser. Yeah, he's a bit of a dweeb. He doesn't have much going for him. No. Uh, he lost his legs again. He lost his legs again. The island gave so much, and then it took it away. Or does he? So uh, Locke, mm-hmm. just for a second, does he actually want to get off the island? Uh, more or less, no. Short answer: No. Uh, he he would assume that if he gets off the island, he can't walk again, right? Exactly. If you're unfamiliar, one of the first Locke things we learn about Locke is that he was in a wheelchair before he was on the island, and then when the plane crashed, he got his legs back. So his faith in the island is much more. Uh, devout than most even back before the show got real explicit with that stuff Mm -hmm. he was always like on the on the forefront of gotta believe in the island baby it gave me my legs back Mm -hmm. and i really i really liked that scene where they revealed that Mm -hmm. and Locke just keeps yelling like don't tell me what i can't do oh that's a classic scene don't tell me what i can't do for for a lot of people that's like the first like oh this shows something else moment yeah no it Mm -hmm. it touched me i was Mm -hmm. like holy shit they're Mm -hmm. like Pushing a real fucking like believe in yourself message yeah. right here. I For was sure. twelve or something, For and sure. I, I started to believe in myself yeah, at that dude. moment. Yeah, dude. All you gotta yeah. do is crash on an island, and all your problems will be solved. But just like the island, and just like the show Lost, I stopped believing in myself. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. We're going. We went on a journey, not unlike Locks in this episode. <laughs> um, so. Uh, eventually, their travels take them to a burnt-up plane that has a history with Echo, a history with the island. This is where the heroine came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, the plane also plays a critical part in Echo's backstory. Uh, should we get into that? Because this episode's all yeah. about Echo's flashbacks. Let's get into Echo's backstory. It was a good one. Yeah, Echo's I like it. it. He's interesting. He's mm-hmm. half criminal, but mm-hmm. he seems like a better person than most of the people. Yeah, exactly. He turned on a life of crime, but his brother... Uh, Became a man of the cloth, and as I was, like that term. <laughs> that's true. It's I guess yeah. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> uh, his brother became a man of the cloth. <laughs> you know the cloth. Cheese cloth. Was <laughs> <laughs> a cheese maker. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, anyways, uh, Echo was supposed to fly this plane full of drugs out of Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> I just like it. I, it's good. I feel like I've heard it before, but I. It's, it's, it's only ever. It's never used casually. Like, I just. <laughs> I know, no, it's always right. used reverently. <laughs> That's like, oh, really funny. He's a man of the cloth. <laughs> or, like, maybe a sassy <laughs> PI does it. Like, oh, he's a real man of the cloth. That yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, I was very matter of fact about it. <laughs> he's a man of the cloth. Oh. Well, what do you do? Oh, I'm a man of the cloth. Um. <laughs> <laughs> If I didn't understand the context, I would be so curious. If, like, because yeah. I understood that you were saying that he's a priest, but yeah. if someone said casually, he's yeah. a man of the cloth. Oh, like he's a janitor? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not sure, but he works in a fucking clothing. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Gucci guy is a real man of the cloth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, he's more of a leather boy, actually. Is, also, is Gucci a person? <laughs> or Gucci is definitely a Gucci main. Yeah, he's a, a mane of the cloth. Hey. Just like the lion's mane. Oh boy. We were talking about a show, weren't we? At some point. I don't know. I really like our airplane band. We did have a funny air. Back to that. We could. Um, airline food, baby. It's crazy. It's it's weird. It's not good food. <laughs> All right, back to Echo. Okay, back to Echo. Uh, anyways. 
So Echo is supposed to fly this very burnt plane that they're sitting at right now out of Nigeria. It's full of drugs. They were disguising as priests for some reason. And Yemi shows up and says, I'm going to take the... I'm going to do this. And for some reason, he ends up taking some bullets and being on the plane and dying. And so... I wanna, I kind of... I want to rewatch that. I mean, I, yeah, I feel... Like I, don't, I don't think while we're doing this podcast, I'm ever going to watch another episode of Lost oh. outside of the context. Oh, of course not. Like, that's sacrilegious. But, yeah. Um, and I am a man of the class when mm. it comes to Lost. But, yeah. But no, I, I would really like to be reminded of that because that... It seems so weird to me. It is, uh, yeah, like, I remember, okay, so to clarify, this whole, like, plane thing is not in this episode prior. This happens in an earlier episode, so the audience knows this, but this doesn't happen in this episode, and we're just kind of half-remembering how it goes. Um, the gist of, the main points are, that plane flies out, it's full of drugs, and also his brother's body, and Echo turns to a life of priesthood, which is where we find him in this week's flashbacks. Uh-huh. And he's getting a forged passport from some guy. He's living in Australia, I think. And uh, the priest comes along and says, uh, I think he's just living as a priest now for some reason, just because, like, I don't know, what else do you do? Uh, I think he just stole... Did he just steal his brother's identity or something? I think... I, I, I assumed that's what must have happened. Yeah, it must That's be. what I would have done in mm-hmm. this situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, none of my brothers are priests, but, like... Yeah. So, like, my, Micah is an engineer. Yeah. I would steal his engineering ring, and like I feel like that's enough to pass yeah. yourself off as an engineer. Yeah, I think that's a good way to honor his memory when he goes down in a hail of bullets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whenever he gets on that plane, yeah. I'll make sure he keeps his ring. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so he ha- so Echo is tasked with investigating a miracle. Apparently, a girl uh, was dead and then came back on the autopsy table. Uh, Echo goes to investigate, talks to the undertaker. And in one of the more visceral scenes that I remember from early Lost days, from all of Lost, uh, the Undertaker talks about it and says, yep, she was lying on the table, she was absolutely for sure dead, and then when we started cutting into her, she fucking started screaming. And she's, they have a tape of the autopsy and they play it, mm-hmm. and it's just like, they play the audio of the autopsy and the, the Undertaker's just like, you know, given his like medical assessment, like, you know, subject was this, that, and the other, and it's just like starting the incision, and then suddenly just blood curdling screams. Some real horror movie and, shit. And all this audio happening over just like a still, like a s- s- very stills of Echo like listening and being weird. Zoom in on the cassette tape playing. Zoom in on the Undertaker going to get a drink. Like it was a, it was one of the more like effective scenes that Loss has done. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Mm-hmm. It was. That was a well done scene, I think, and Scary. and and especially like the Undertaker like immediately like pops the tape out, gives it to Echo, and says, "Take it. I never want to see it again." And I remember being like, "Shit, that's fucked up." I feel like just just from where I'm coming at the show, I I found the entire episode I sort of couldn't get entirely engaged, and whenever I and whenever I saw that scene, I was like, "Oh yeah." Mm-hmm. I can't. That's a pretty good scene. It definitely, this definitely is a lot of like, uh, it relies on like, uh, relies on some knowledge. Unlike the long con, which is very standalone, classic island shenanigans. That was incredible. I will forever. Mm -hmm. That's definitely my favorite episode of Lost. (laughs) Of of the four we've watched. (laughs) Now that I have four discernible episodes of Lost in my memory. You can clearly clearly put long con above the rest. I'm really glad that was the first episode. Mm. If we 
if we banked some season six mm-hmm. in the first episode, mm-hmm. maybe we wouldn't do, be doing episode four of this podcast. Yeah. They'd be like, nope, the show's too fucked up for yeah. me. <laughs> no, it's nice to have a reminder that yeah. the show can be really Yeah, this show's, this show's got some gems. It's got some home runs in it. Um, anyways, back on the island times. Back on that sweet island lifestyle. Uh, we enter another dream sequence. Uh, Echo wakes up, sees his dead brother, and goes, follow me. And they climb up the nearby cliff, and they go up, and he sees the Echo's brother in a wheelchair saying, wake up, John. And then he falls down, and it wasn't Echo dreaming. It was John. It was John. Whoa. The island. Mind freak, baby. Oh, I like how... So that that's really interesting because, yeah, it introduces the idea that these two different people are mm-hmm. having these, like... Mm-hmm prophecy dreams mm-hmm. featuring the same person yeah and even after that happens john is still like no it's bullshit and yeah. even after like the information that he's given in the mm-hmm. dream turns out to be true john is like no it's all bullshit mm-hmm. everything is a lie and it's like you mm-hmm. just had some crazy shit yeah, happen exactly. and your legs work mm-hmm. how are you gonna like turn that back like i think a strong theme of this episode in particular but also throughout the whole show is you know when something extraordinary happens, when a miracle happens, mm-hmm. uh, you will take from that whatever you need at the time. Whether uh-huh. if you're looking for if you're looking for an affirmation of faith, you will get that, as Echo gets that. And if you're looking for a reason to reject faith altogether, then you will find that as well. Uh huh. That's fair. That's a good assessment. I feel like you could write mm-hmm. a thesis on that. Yeah, you could. I think, and I, and that's what we're here to do. That's what this is part four of one twenty of my thesis on <laughs> lost and faith. I'm gonna pitch this for a master's. Yeah. yeah, please. That would be sick if you could just do a podcast for a master's. That would be super sick and also unlikely. <laughs> It'd be like a podcast, but instead of making no money you pay ten thousand dollars yep exactly you make the opposite of money <laughs> you make debt yeah, a lot of debt a lot of debt um so john relays his dream to mr echo says he told your brother told me to climb this cliff i don't know what we'll find echo climbs up and he looks down and he's like i don't see anything and then oh wait a second he sees the plane, and the camera zooms out, and the grass surrounding the plane, guess what? It's carved in the shape of a question, question mark. mark. The ground has been salted, so nothing can grow there, and it's a deliberate thing. Which I love that mm-hmm. it's like, they could have just not explained that, mm-hmm. but fucking Echo has to eat mm-hmm. a sample of the ground, yeah, and then it. go sulfur. Yeah. There's been salt here, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> first, I feel like he could say salt, not yeah, sulfur. He could. Secondly... Mm-hmm. It there was no reason for him to do that. Mm-hmm. There was, it was, he it didn't was, need to eat the ground. It was really he could have just been like, "Well, this is the question mark we've been looking for." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, this is the thing we found. Uh, this. Okay, so uh, what happens is they move the plane and then you know move some dirt and they find guess what? Fresh hatch, baby. Fresh, fresh hatch. hatch. Get your fresh hatches here. Hatch the, five of six. Hatch five of six. There's definitely a point in time where like. Uh, like the discovery of the hatches and like what is in there is like one of the big mysteries of like late season one ish, uh-huh. and then like by like season three it feels like they're just like running into hatches left and right. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, yeah, it's like new hatch. it's like oh, another hatch. You don't say, really? No way. Um, so the, the like, so they go into this hatch and they find, uh, 
a bunch of dingy like uh, TVs, dusty stuff, and they find that they're all kind of wired into cameras that are all, guess what, filming what's going on inside the hatch. Hatch. Inside, hatch number one. Inside the button hatch. Inside the clarify. original hatch. Uh, the Swan Station, as it's uh, known to the Dharma Initiative. Uh, and they pop in a VHS, a dusty old VHS, and they find an orientation tape, uh, which I always found were fun watches. I like those. those yeah, are, yeah, yeah. Well, I on. just love the orientation tape aesthetic. Yeah. I love training tapes in general. Mm-hmm. That feels very, like, uh, like that's definitely, when Lost has an orientation tape, it feels pretty fucking authentic. It yeah, feels absolutely. Like, yeah, this could be, this and could they, like, something. 70s it up mm-hmm. a lot. And yeah. they're like, yeah, they really date the thing. Mm-hmm. And it's no, I think it's very cool. It is very cool. Um, they the orientation tape basically says like, "Hey, it's nineteen eighty, and you've been assigned to this post uh, with the intent of watching the people in the Swan Hatch, and they are under a psychological experiment, but they don't know it, and your job is to record it all." And this effectively, for Locke, confirms what he was suspecting, which is that um, like I think at one point the orientation tape explicitly says like. The participants in the swan hatch, the button hatch, believe that their work is of the utmost importance. Uh-huh. And so Locke is like, well, everything, I, all my doubts are confirmed now. Uh, we for sure uh, don't, like, we don't, uh, the button is useless and yeah, there's no point yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, that it wasn't important. Mm-hmm. Even though they don't explicitly state that at all. Yeah, exactly. They def- they, it's almost like it was written by people... Who had a larger grasp of mm. what what John Locke was gonna yeah, think of the exactly the <laughs> they were trying to rile him up, <laughs> um, uh, and for what it's worth, we eventually find out that the real experiment was those in the the that station. Really? Yeah, because yeah. we find out eventually that yeah, the button is important. The button is very important, and we do yeah. eventually also find out that it's the the people in the watcher station who are the experimented on. They're the ones that are getting the twist. Oh, and I, I can't fucking wait. Maybe I'll find that out yeah. next week. Maybe I'll find, Maybe I'll find that out two years from yeah. now. Yeah, it's a real. It's really fun, like glancing down the fucking barrel of yeah. the scope of this monstrosity that opening up that hatch. Mm-hmm. Just staring down and going, "Hello, why did we do it?" <laughs> I'd love to hop into some season four, season yeah. five, season three, season one. Yeah, we've definitely only dipped into two seasons, and they've both been. Uh, Delights. They've both been real fun They've things to talk good. about. They've I, been good. I, I'm excited to do more mm-hmm. of the later seasons, mm-hmm. really. Season six. Yes. Season five. Those are the ones. Late season five. Late season five. Late season six. Late season six. Maybe even some late season four if you're feeling crazy. Late season four. Early season four. Late season three. <laughs> <laughs> Let's throw some early season three in there too while we're at it. What what was the one that we just did? It was uh, this was late season late two. Season two. Late season two, and we I've already watched mid mid to early season two. Early season two, uh, and then before but, that is late season one. Mm-hmm. And then what started it all off was uh, early, early season, season one. one. Yeah, and that's then right. The show about the plane. Yeah, started with a pilot. Yeah, it, did. it all started with a pilot. Hey. Could you imagine, just imagine this scenario. So, a grandfather is, like, tucking in their grandkid at Mm -hmm. night. The grandkid is probably about six years old. Mm -hmm. And then the grandfather goes, 
Let me tell you that. <laughs> and it was just <laughs> the entirety of us. They just so like there's a place. systematically like list yes. off what happens, introduce every character, and kill everyone. <laughs> so then there was a tail section, and then everybody thought they were dead, but they were alive. And then they weren't alive for very long. But <laughs> they all died immediately. Yeah. Like by like two p.m. By like two a.m. He's like. And then the manifestation of evil incarnate. <laughs> exactly. That when you when you do that sort of experiment, mm. it really reiterates yeah. how fucked up this show got yeah. and how like they just completely lost sight of what they mm. were originally doing. Lost. Lost. Well, they got lost. lost. Uh, let's wrap up these plots. The central plot of Locke and Echo is resolved with them having an argument. Locke basically says, "Yep." No faith, baby. Uh, it's all it's all bullshit, man. Fuck this. <laughs> Fuck you, mom. <laughs> he gets real punk. Yeah, he, gets, he gets real. Uh, he breaks his edge. Um, <laughs> uh, and then Echo goes, "No way, dude. Listen, that plane up there." <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good impression. It's like, hey, it's me, Mr. Echo. No way, dude. Uh, don't do drugs, kids. Don't do. I'm never gonna do drugs. I'm a priest. I'm a I'm a man of the cloth, and I'm never gonna do <laughs> drugs. I'm never gonna break my edge. Uh, and uh, he basically says, uh, you know, my brother was on that plane up there, and it crashed above where we're standing, and then I crashed on this island. That cannot be coincidence. Surely there are higher powers at work. So if you're not gonna keep pushing the button. I will. Uh, and it's a sick. And it's a fucking good scene because we've established that Terry O'Quinn is like probably the best actor on the show. Uh-huh. By is like, that... that's Locke. That's Locke. Yeah. Um, I forget the fella. I forget the name of the fellow who plays Mr. Echo, but he's he fucking I really delivers. like him. Yeah, he's, he I really like when he gets mm-hmm. serious. He spends a lot of. He spends most of his. He doesn't have much time on the show. He spends it mostly throughout season he two. He is in the tail section. He's in, exactly. Yeah. But, like, he spends most of his time kind of being, like, quiet and then, like, saying, like, one wise thing and then fucking off. Uh-huh. Uh, but, like, when he gets a chance to really, like, deliver some drama, he fucking delivers it, for sure. Um, they were actually planning, like, uh, since the demise of the show, um, demise is not quite the right word for it. I like but that word. I, it's definitely poetic, but, <laughs> like, the, the showrunners have been more forthcoming about, like, stuff that they were trying but didn't quite work out. Uh-huh. And you can see in here the seeds of, like, a Locke-Echo conflict that yeah. was going to be a huge thing. But then... They, Echo is one of the only people that I could see effectively mm-hmm. going up against Locke because mm-hmm. he has the same sort of stoic character. Mm-hmm. Same, sort of... same, like, faith. In yeah, him. yeah, mm-hmm. very faith-based character. Mm-hmm. He... But, uh, but then the actor just didn't, like, constantly flying between Hollywood and uh, Honolulu, so he oh. asked to be written out. Really? <laughs> yeah, which is... Uh, Good for him. Uh, understandable, for sure. Oh my god, he dodged a bullet there. Right, he just sure. saw what was coming. He was yeah, like, this show's this. about to get fucked. Yeah. This it's is about a- to be awful. Yeah, we're already, we're already delving, d- delving into poorly thought out dream sequences. We gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna get out while the iron's hot. That's uh, wild. I didn't it, realize that. That would be hmm. a really... I bet that would feel good to would, be in a position yeah. where you're like, I'm going to just turn down this... Like, yeah, the just, biggest show like, on television. Yeah, right and now. I'm just going to... I just don't want to do it, so I'm not going to... But at the same time, it also, like... That's always been, like, a... Like, of all the, like, what ifs, that's, like, the biggest one. Like, what if there was a fucking big old 
uh, Lock and Echo fucking like right like the, what if that became one of the big hot rivalries? That would have been, been cool. Yeah. A, a, like adjacent mm-hmm. to a fucking mm-hmm. Jack and Sawyer one, which yeah. is sort of hilariously dumb. It's a super stupid. It's literally it's just so like schoolyard. It's super schoolyard. We get a taste of it, and Jack is just like, "I'm the boss," and Sawyer's like, "Well, I'm." I'm a grump and I want my gun. Uh, yeah, I've never listened to a boss in my life yeah, except for when I was a cop. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> super. It's like when it works, it works. But also at its core, it's just like conflict for the sake of conflict. And Kate is right in the middle, and they're mm-hmm. both like they both guilt trip her so much. That's really insane, actually. The does Kate say one word in this episode? Kate, does Kate say even one word? I think she looks longingly. She does look longingly. She is sad and when Libby passes away. She mostly is there to be sad in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hurley is also quite sad in this episode. Yeah, when... I did want to talk about Hurley. That's a real mm-hmm. fucking heartbreak. That guy yeah. never wins. He never wins. Um, but also, Libby's only real characterization is love interest of Hurley. Uh-huh. So maybe do a better job with your female characters. Yeah. Um... They were gonna go on a picnic. Yeah. He forgot the blankets. He forgot the blankets. Is that why she died? That's why she died, because he was she going was to the hatch to get blankets. To get blankets. And then oh runs God, into Michael. God. Yeah, it's oh. a heartbreaker. But also, Early she only... Libby. But also, this show has a real bad habit of, like, killing women so that men can be sad. Yeah. Which is, like, a classic, classic bummer move. But they did that with Saeed's girlfriend. They did. They did that. Who else did they do? Two of Saeed's girlfriends. They did that. I guess uh, Anna Anna Lucia is sort of that for Jack because he was like. I guess yeah. They were. They did have a brief uh, thing, didn't they? In the gun episode, they were like very close. They were like sort of the only two who believed each other at that point. And I think they do actually. uh, They might actually bone down at one point, but I cannot recall for the life of me. Um, I mean, on that island. Hey, Horny Island, baby. Horny Island. That's um, what they should have called mm. it. That would have been so sick. Mm. That those fucking white letters floating yeah. out from the ether, and it says Horny, Horny Island. Island. You gotta watch this new show, Horny <laughs> Island. <laughs> it's an incredible like thriller. There's yeah. like it's, horns everywhere. Yeah, it's just it's just like bending all kinds of genres, and it's telling <laughs> this. It's really like. Spinning this crazy yarn like I've never seen before. It's the first real porno thriller that we've seen. Yeah. This. It's yeah. shot for shot remake of Lost, except just everyone's nude from the waist down. <laughs> from the waist down. <laughs> they're wearing like sweaters. <laughs> huge sweaters and parkas. But their dongs are fully <laughs> up. Oh, God. Oh, that's good. Uh, the final thing I want to touch on was the last bit of Echo's backstory, which is he goes to visit the family of yeah. the brown girl, and the dad is like, I'm a psychic. And I'm a fake, and I'm telling you. That was you, sick. That was yeah. so awesome. It was crazy. It you was are really a psychic. Good. Psychics are fucking stupid. Yeah. I steal people's money. I literally manipulate people for a living, and I tell them what they want to hear so that they'll give me money. And I'm telling you, that's what's happening here. She had hypothermia or some shit. Uh, and, and Echo's like, all right, I'll go tell them it's not a miracle. Then later, at the airport, going to, on the flight 815, that fateful flight, the girl shows up, the ground girl shows up and says... Hey, Echo, while I was between places, um, you may not believe me, but your brother says hello and that you're doing good and that he believes in you. And so, and, and Echo's like, fuck off, buddy. I don't, don't talk to my, about my dead brother casually like that. Go away. But then he crashes on the island and finds his dead brother's body and above a station full of cameras. So his faith 
renewed. It's restored. It's restored. He's it's, a priest again. He's a priest. Echo is a priest again. Echo is a priest again. That's what this. Mm-hmm. It ends with Echo being ordained a priest mm-hmm. again by, um, I think Orlando Bloom, mm-hmm. who is uh, sort of revered in the Catholic faith. Mm. Uh, you poured us some martinis again, and I'm currently sipping like the broth. I'm basically the sipping olive juice portion, at this point, yeah. and I like olives, but it's definitely uh, weird to sip olives. It in, like, gets weird and slimy. Mm. Yeah, but honestly, that's how I like it. Um, what did you think? Of, what did you think of the episode? Ooh. <laughs> um, I thought the episode hmm, was. Uh, I thought it was fine. I mean, I didn't think it was amazing. I thought it was fine. I Mm. thought it was... They were sort of... I think, Mm. I guess, it's near the end of the season, and they Mm. really are building up to this big thing, but I just Mm. didn't have all the lead-up, so all all of the reveals didn't really have much of an effect on me. And especially because, I guess, just knowing that it all becomes so inconsequential Mm -hmm. later on when Mm -hmm. the show decides that it's not going Mm -hmm. to be the same show that it is... Mm Especially all the Echo stuff, knowing that he dies, like, I don't know, ten episodes later. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That, like, this really interesting, like, good character is... Will not have any standing on, like, the larger effect of the show. Mm -hmm. does sort of take away from it when what they're trying to do is specifically create something that seems very important at the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But I thought it was... It was a more effective way to do a TV show than the past two episodes we watched. For sure, for sure. I, it was it was interesting, and I can recognize that like mm-hmm. it did. They did do at least an okay job of like sort of pushing the story forward that they had created before, mm-hmm. and like. Libby died, mm-hmm. and <laughs> I guess that's sort of pushing the story forward. But yeah. also, like we said, it's sort of ridiculous to yeah, just yeah. kill off these tail characters yeah, to all be, the time. Yeah, to be like, like they have to bring Hurley in and make him sad to sell the sadness of it. Exactly. No one else is really sad about it, and yeah. they completely neglect to tell Hurley that Libby is dying. Yeah, they take their sweet time with it. That was really that was really dumb. Yeah, <laughs> very dumb on their part. Um, but yeah. I thought it was fine. It was like yeah. I think it's like a five out of ten. Yeah, it was a like it's a it's a fine app in the grand scheme. Of, like I think in the grand scheme of things, not grand. But there's a lot of like uh, you see in here a show that much better navigates the themes of uh, faith and what ordinary people do when confronted with the extraordinary. Uh huh. Uh, much better handled in this episode than in the later episodes. Also much better handled, like, the backstory of a sort of complex character. Yeah. And, like, and actually making I felt it, for the characters. Yeah, and making the, like, backstory, like, relevant to, uh, to the, to the, to the, to the present story. Because, Absolutely. Because, because we're kind of, because we're kind of like, why is Echo so, like, feverishly faithful to the island? And then it's like, he got a literal message from beyond the grave from his brother uh-huh. and then crashed on an island where all this shit was happening and, and that was interesting and that sort mm. of that sort of makes sense in comparison to the two season six episodes yeah. we watched where Sawyer's backstory in that episode 
had no standing on anything yep. whatsoever. It was completely irrelevant. It existed in an alternate yep. universe. It, in very <laughs> literal terms, had no bearing on the plot whatsoever. And then Richard's backstory was fucking dumb. <laughs> it happened like 150 years ago, literally 150 years ago, mm-hmm. in 1867, mm-hmm. the year of Canada's foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, 5150. <laughs> a little shout out to this this country happy happy forthcoming Canada Day <laughs> you going to that free Carly Ray concert oh my god almost definitely not yeah. but maybe I'm definitely I'm, going I'm, maybe I'm, yeah I'm, I'm diehard into Carly Ray and the op- opportunity to see her for zero dollars is too tantalizing where is it uh, I actually don't know I assume let's plug the Carly Ray Jepsen hey yeah we're gonna close out our podcast by saying hey go see Carly Ray Jepsen play somewhere in Montreal on Canada Day what songs does she have uh, she has call me maybe call me obviously maybe. Run away with me. Burn. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like, I like that line a lot, that, yeah. that like, synth line. That's a great one. Um, uh, I really like you. Uh, all of emotion is just nonstop bangers. Cool. Okay. I don't think that's exactly, I don't think that's exactly the hottest of hot takes, but, uh, like, it's true. I'd like to drink in a park near where that's going on, so, and I can hear it going on, and it's yeah. like I can feel like I'm experiencing the thing, but also I don't have to experience like the crowd or yeah, anything. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's I don't want to experience. I don't like crowd. I don't want to stand in a bunch of in a sweaty crowd. No, ever. especially an event like that. That's like outdoor yeah. free, Out- like a prime time for that sort of thing. Outdoor free get- holiday and uh, top pop lady. Like you get that weird group of like, there's the weird family over yeah. here, and there's the weird like, yeah, girl and her boyfriend over here. Yeah. That, like the boyfriend seems like sort of a douche yeah. or yeah. something, and, and then, then like, like, and then like the huddle full of like crusties, like yeah, crusty like, people who are just like free concert, and they're like clearly like they're like probably pissing. At any given moment, they're so fucking. It's like two p.m. and they're so loaded. Did I ever? Like, did I ever tell you about the time where I went to see back in Ottawa? I went to see David Byrne and Saint Vincent no. play. Jesus, uh, they played in Ottawa. They played in Ottawa, which was fucking awesome. First of all, uh-huh. and uh, except for the experience where a couple people behind me, fella, just whips it out, starts pissing. This no is fucking word. And this is not like I don't like David Burns. And David Saint Vincent. Yeah, there's like an orchestra. Was that a blues fest? Or? I don't think I don't think it was blues fest. I think it was unrelated to blues fest. Okay. Um, but it was all, definitely like fucking like four p.m. It was definitely That's like gross. bright afternoon outdoors. That's gross. It was nasty, and we like yelled at him for it because he almost pissed on us. Of course. <laughs> fucking nutty. Oh my god. Uh, anyways. Good for him though. Yeah, I mean, he gave us all permission to do it. Yeah, he yeah he's he's living his truth, and we ought to live ours. Yeah. Um, do we have any more things to say on this episode? Because I think we're clearly <laughs> running on empty. <laughs> um, I don't think so. I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah. I hope it's either a bit more fucked up or mm-hmm. just like a bit more. Mm. I just care a bit more, I guess, mm-hmm. because this one just didn't quite do it for me. Mm. I kind of that's one thing is that like. When the early episodes try to get fucked up, it doesn't feel like... Like, I remember it felt disingenuous back then, and it feels disingenuous now. And so I kind of would rather it go all the way in its fucked upness in the way season six kind of does. I agree completely. That's entertaining. Yeah, that's way more entertaining to watch, to just be like, alternate timeline, I guess, sure. 
instead of instead of just like what if a dream talked to you yeah exactly Ooh. and it's like that's it's well, firstly, I've seen it before. Mm. I haven't seen this idea introduced mm. that, like, hey, we're going to show an alternate timeline that has mm. no bearing on the show itself. Mm. I've never seen that before. Yeah, that's definitely a very unique idea that <laughs> pertains only to Lost. <laughs> no one else will ever do that. No, one. you're never going to see that anywhere else. Uh-huh. Uh. But yeah, that's what I think. I think it was fine. I yeah. think it was a, fine. I think if I were, like, watching the show in sequence mm. and was really excited to find out what mm. was going to happen, mm-hmm. I would be satisfied with this episode. Absolutely. But it wasn't true. Tremendous. Yeah, absolutely. Very as a standalone up, not great. Some pretty great moments in it, though. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that about wraps it up uh, for us. Uh, signing off. This is Bean. This is James. And lose the lost. Lose it. Shuffle that island. Shuffle, baby. Get lost. Get lost. <laughs>